Oh, he just sent me the address. And he sent me the wrong Let address, too. I don't give a <laughs> fat monkey's ass. Hey. Wow. Hey, we're we on, on, baby. Hey, hey good Whoa. evening, everybody, hey. and hey. welcome to Good hey. Story. We got a special guest tonight with us here. We cover everything in the community, in the state, around the the world, around everywhere, baby. Ocean you to ocean, ocean, baby. Ocean to ocean. It's in the motion. And like we say here at Good Story, we never let the truth stop us from telling the good story. Yeah. Leroy. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Only if everybody can hear what yeah. transpired before we came yeah, on. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Yeah. I mean, let me just sensitive. get this clear right now before we start and go before going. <laughs> can you further. check your phone before you go any because say anything? We else. got a special guest <laughs> this, tonight. No, let me just let me just get this out before we get go it out. Get it out. This is vent second, right? Let me vent for a minute. All right. <laughs> Speak on it. As 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 an opportunity to be able to explain and uh, be able to elaborate where I'm coming from, when a person considers you family, mm -hmm. everything is free game. Am I wrong? Do we have an opinion? So if family says, yo, let me get a vital organ. I got you. Heart, liver, Dang. whatever. Can you not I say the N-word? Because I, didn't I say have that. a grandson that's I did, like half. So. I didn't say the N-word. He ate it. No, I didn't. Listen very close. Can we rewind that back? I think like you're the only one they got. But anyways, I'm just trying to say, if you family, if I ask you, can I get your heart? I got your heart, man. I'm going to give you my heart. You know? Give him his heart. And well, that's all I'm saying. I don't that's think, all. That's well, all I'm saying. I would never ask you for your heart. I don't think your heart is like healthy. Or, but <laughs> Look at me and look at you. Look at me and look at you. Can I have your... Esophagus? Good. Oh, pinky oh, my, pinky my finger? Testing? See my pinky finger is broken? I guarantee your pinky finger is at least straighter than mine's. So I can ask My testimony is straighter okay, than yours. Bring it back, guys, because yeah, our yeah, listeners don't care about you two when you guys talk yeah, about yeah, your... Seriously. I'm just saying, I just wanted to have that little vent second okay. as we yeah. started. Because, you know... Can you look at your phone? Then you can... No, I don't want to. Go ahead and introduce our guest. Because there's a halal that's here in... We're going to time County? out real it's quick on the venting Halal. session right now because uh, we got a lot of people in our in our podcast room right now that's all up in the mic. feelings right now. You know what I'm saying? If I so could, I would. Let me give the opportunity to Strons real quick. Go ahead and uh, introduce our guest, Well, please. you know, this guy here comes from a small island. Okay. A small community out in Laie, Hawaii. No, no, he's from Tonga. <laughs> a small little island in Tonga. <laughs> He's from Tonga. Come on. He's so there. I actually been there twice. So yeah. <laughs> Tonga. So we're excited to have former BYU player, former yes. uh, Mister Irrelevant, Koku High School grad, former Koku High School, nineteen ninety two, tight end or DB. Okay. Uh, anyways, um, T offering out. Tivi offering out. Look like ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Welcome, T. Yeah. Well, besides, besides the awkward uh, pie we just had a little bit ago. Uh, no, no, it's not awkward. Uh, it's no. not awkward. That's every day with these two. I, that's true. That's facts. But there facts. was a lot of feelings in there. There was no so. feelings? What are you talking about? We won't even talk about that part. But you're lucky you my cousin. Back in. We on the same younger. team. I'm older. I can I do know. and say what I want. I know. I know. Are you the oldest in here? No, you are. No, are you? Strons is by months. <laughs> was there something you wanted to say that was smart anarchy? No. I was going to say, like, he should be talking, but that's okay. He is talking. He's our Fahu. Go ahead, Fahu. Tahu. Go ahead. Go ahead. Shoot. Talk. Go ahead, Strauss. Go ahead. No, I just... See, thanks for coming, man. We got Thank a lot you. of... You, we have a lot of stuff to cover. I mean... Oh, yeah. 
just from what um, Leroy was talking about earlier, um, before we came on, it was some good stuff too. But I take I've, that all back. No, T, T, tell us, man, how you doing? First of all, how you doing? What are you up to how now? You doing? We're gonna go back and forth. We're gonna come back around. There's so many things to cover from your football career, from your entrepreneur career, your family. Um, there's so many things. You're just you're. Generosity to the community. Gender, really? Yeah, Generosity. T's a man of the people. Hey, Generosity. Of, yeah. Gender. Gender. T's helping out. T helps out a lot of people. I work for an insurance company mm. um, okay. and I do the marketing. So um, basically, I travel and I market. So I cover uh, most of the Midwestern states. Um, but that is. Basically, all I do, I, and then I help my son with his uh, seven-on-seven seven stuff to level up and all that stuff. But and then I have my grandkids. I got four grandkids. Wow, G Paul. Yeah. What they call so, you, Papa? Papa. Okay. Now my oldest grandson, um, baby Trey, calls me Butterfingers, but that's okay. We won't talk about. That. Yeah, we we'll talk about. It. Let's talk about that. What, what happened? Why does he call you that? I want to know. <laughs> well. Um, we Apparently, just, we just had the alumni game, mm. and there was a pass thrown to me in the end zone, and I dropped it because if you don't explain your life, boy. But if you didn't watch it, I had sleeves, I had everything, I was decked out. Oh, I did look really. He was all mad, all mad, so smooth, so smooth. But and when you right, dropped it, you were just all mad. Cause like no, Dion said, if you gotta I, look good to play good to feel good. Yeah, and so when I. Caught it. The only thing I was talk, I was thinking was the gritty. I only wanted to do the gritty. <laughs> well, can you do it for us right now since we're on Facebook Live? Nope. We're going to do a TikTok right after this is done, though. Hey, the gritty was in your mind right before you before, was The whole game. To, I was dang. practicing all the way. I, in fact, I did the gritty on the introduction because okay. I was practicing okay. for my touchdown dance. And... <laughs> Um, yep. Don't laugh. The, oh the only person that told me was my grandson, my five-year-old grandson, hey. baby Trace. Speak the truth. He goes, <laughs> only the Papa, only the baby speaks butter truth. fingers. Say, <laughs> <laughs> what about the other five catchers I had, man? He's like, Papa, no one remembers that. In the end zone, out of the In mouth the of baby. But hey. Can't catch them all, you know? Yeah. Then I'd be perfect, and I'm going to walk of water, but I don't want to do that. Well, speaking about being back in the Bellevue Stadium, what was one of your greatest moments in your football career at BYU that you remember most in playing in that stadium? Um, you know what? I think the the greatest moment was the first game that I played in there. Mm. You know, um, it was against University of Washington. The hurdle. Nope. And, um, you know, because I was a walk-on. The holding. And... Um, I, you know, I didn't know I was dressing until like that Wednesday, you know, and I didn't know how the system works. Right. Remember, Sean? Yes. And Wednesday you get your name on the list and then you get to pick up your sweats. You pick up all your stuff. I was like, oh man, it's pretty cool. So I told my family, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to dress for the game. And at that time, um, you know, the pickle juice was going around. Oh, Everybody was, was drinking pickle juice. Yeah, yeah. And so the, they kept, you know, telling us, hey, make sure you guys stay hydrated. Everybody stay hydrated. So I was drinking the whole time, warming <laughs> up. And I was like on two special teams. Like I was, yeah. I wasn't even playing. This was my freshman year. And, um, and so we, we lost, we won the coin toss. And so we were kicking off. And so I, you know, I was like, dang, I'm, I'm going to, my first play of the game is going to be our first <laughs> thing. 
and I had to use the bathroom. <laughs> I actually right got to use the bathroom too. And so I ran into the locker room, came back. We already kicked off. So I missed, <laughs> I missed my first play. <laughs> my most memorable moment, I remember I was so excited. And, um, and Lance Reynolds was uh, our coach at the time. And he was looking for me and someone else went in. But when I came back, I was like, oh my gosh. And my family was like wondering, you know, hey, what happened? I was like, man, I had to use the bathroom, you know? And so... Yeah, kind of, kind Did of you make a cool up for start. it after. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, but it, just the whole—it's the whole my whole story. Yeah. In a nutshell, was that moment right there? You know, even when yeah. I had my opportunity, like when I had the catch, I should have caught that touchdown. I dropped the ball. Hey. You know, but it was—you yeah. know—it's for the birds. Teaches you, yeah, yeah. It teaches you lessons, you know, life lessons and stuff. So. Um, well, now that you're in insurance, man, what kind of insurance you in, man? Workers comp, workers comp insurance. Oh man, we need to talk after this. Everybody needs workers comp insurance. Can, can you say the company's name? I mean, the yeah. company is American Liberty, and the owner is um, Truman Childs, and so Truman's a good friend of mine, and he. Kind of said, hey, help me with this. And yep, here I am. Still can, there. Can oh, you I, I just, whenever I see him working, he's like on a boat or he's on the golf course. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's part of marketing. It's part of marketing. My bad. My bad. Damn. I'm just saying, like, you know. Fly know, fishing. Does that work? Fly yeah. fishing. If you guys haven't done fly fishing, go do some fly fishing. It's pretty cool. We went fishing. There was a lot of flies around. <laughs> you know, Chief, Polynesians don't fly fish. That's what I told myself. But I said, man. If they're doing it, we might as well do it. Polynesians don't golf. That's what they said. Talk that talk. You know? Speaking of golf. Leroy, do you want to get into Kahuku? Because I'm, I'm going to get into pre-BYU. No, no. Basically, because mm. T has a he has a great story. Actually, it's movie, movie type. Uh, Absolutely. You know, content. But I wanted to start from the beginning. Like... In the class of 1992, who's my wife's class at Kohoku High School, T was a standout Kohoku football player. What I, position did you play? I actually, Offensive tackle? I actually was not a standout, which makes it uh, stand even in. Who was the standout stand of the in. team? So I was. So my junior year, I was the backup for Itula Mili. Itula was the starting safety, and I never played offense before. And um, Itula, Itula. Yeah, and so I was his backup. And then my senior year, I ended up playing, but I wasn't a standout. I was just one of the guys. And, Don't let um, her interrupt my introduction again, oh, whether you stand out again. And he was a standout at Koku High School. We, we, uh, he he had a lot of he had a, he had a lot of numerous awards uh, that he won because obviously standouts will win that. And uh, he won a couple awards. Hold your breath. And then as he graduated high school, but before he graduated high school, high school, I want you to tell it. There was a little, you took a little detour in life that led you to uh, some other things. So talk about that. And I just set that up from high school. And so I had uh, me and my wife, who my current wife now, Carrie Ofohenga, she was Carrie Sa'anga at the time. We um, had a baby when we were 16. And that's uh, Trey, who's my oldest. Was the great, one of the best interviews we had. And then we had, I had my second son, Moana, when we were 17. So we're done school, graduated, and I have two kids now. And um, 
I just had to find a job. So I started selling vacuums. I did everything I could. Rainbows, rainbows, rainbows. Nope. It's actually called the TriStar. So I actually How much were go, those? Uh, 2500 And you felt good about selling people those cheap vacuums? Uh, I, I actually believed in it because I would go into people's homes who had all these rainbows and I would plug in the TriStar. You're probably the greatest salesman. And I burn them. I'm like, see? You think yours is good? You think yours is good? And as I start smoking, it's like, <laughs> it like, yeah, how strong is that? <laughs> I say, this is what you want. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'll burn it you know, up. The, the hardest thing was going to Polynesian families and, you know, because we would, our test would be with, you know, scrape like the rug and then all the dust would come up. He's like, this is what you're breathing. You know, and a lot of the Polys like, they don't care. Get the hell out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> don't come and tell me it was dirty and was clean, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I sold vacuums. Um, and then uh, me me and my dad, we had talked, so we, we decided, you know what, I was going to go to college, you know, and this was uh, 1990, so I graduated in 92, this was not 1994, and so me and my dad, we fly out to Dallas, and we're going, to, and the plan was to go to Blinn College, junior college, and um, we get there, and the flights were all canceled and all that kind of stuff. So uh, my dad called, and back then they didn't have cell phones, so my dad called back home to Hawaii, and one of our uncles said, hey, we have family that lives in Euless. You guys should go stay with them while you guys figure out your flights and you know all that stuff. So we end up going to Euless, and, um, and then come to find out I have so much family there, you know, and... Um, and my cousin actually just passed. So my cousin Cherie just passed away. Um, rest in peace, Cherie. Yep, rest in peace. And her family took you know took me under their wing, um, and so I ended up just staying there. You know, I called my wife and said, "You know what? Maybe we just come here. We don't need to go to school. You know, we already have our two boys. Let's find a house." Um, and then I apply, and then I get hired at. Um, I worked at Albertsons first which was probably one of my favorite jobs because, you know, there was food, I did produce, so. Did you pick I, orders or you worked at the grocery pick, store? No, no, I picked orders. Yeah, so I did and I could eat the whole time. You know what I mean? It was all like everything that's on the ground. You want to off me? No, no, it was the an warehouse. artist. The, the huge. Oh, the warehouse. Yeah, the warehouse. warehouse. Pick orders. Yeah. And I used to do that. And, um, and then I got hired at American Airlines and then we bought a house. And um, so, you know, do you guys After live that, in Euless? Yeah, we no, we lived in uh, Hearst, and um, which is right That's next to live. it, Hearst, Euless, Bedford, and um, and so you just think now I'm twenty years old, you know, twenty one or so, and I have a house, which is the goal, right? You get a job, you want to buy a house, so I owned a house. We bought it for like twelve thousand dollars, but it was a three bedroom, my own house. I had a good job, American Airlines, and I was flying everywhere I wanted to. And your name was Mr. Rasta Ben. And they called me T Rasta back. I know, that's the first time I met Rasta. T Rasta. I met when he had the dreadlocks. Carry on. But you know what I mean? So, like, there's nothing else. Why would I want to do anything else? I had a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Living the dream. And then um, there's like some semi pro stuff over there, and I just kind of played around. And I remember telling the guys, like, man, I'm going to play for the, you know, I'm going to play for the Dallas Cowboys, just kind of joking around. And fast forward to 1996, um, BYU is playing University of Hawaii. And so I go home and um, 
you know, in the meantime, you know, my my brother Kalepi was here at BYU with Itulan then. But when you said you go home, you're talking about going back to Hawaii. Back to Hawaii. To watch that game, yeah. Yeah, so I go back home, you know, on my American Airlines benefit. So I go home, watch the game, and it's pouring rain. Like, this is the week before the game. And back home, we all, everybody goes to the park and plays tackle football. So we at the park playing tackle football, and the team comes to the park. Itula, Chad, Lewis, all of them come. And then Itula introduces me. He's like, oh, he was my backup tight end. I was like, no, I wasn't. I didn't play offense. And so th- that's kind of where the plan started, <laughs> you know? That's where the seed was planted. Everything was, you know, and then... Um, and then Itula tells, you know, Norm Chow. And I was trying to actually call Norm Chow because Norm Chow is here. So he can come on the phone and he can tell. But so Norm Chow talks to uh, my mom and tells my mom, I can help your son get his degree. Oh, my mom said, yep, you're going home and you're coming, you're going to school no matter what. My mom didn't have no, no understanding of going and playing football or any of that stuff. Yeah, she just no school. Just a degree. When he said, yes. That's all she wanted. And so um, I went back. To uh, Texas, packed all our stuff, came home, and then, you know, in January 1997, I end up at BYU. I walk on here, um, and when I was when I when I came here, I kind of um, remember I used to go play at the park across the street from over there, and um, I, I I really wanted to play linebacker because I only played defense, but they had um, Jamie Mirabel. No, they had Justin Enna. They had like um, Derek Stevenson was here. Like they, they had a bunch of like five star kids that were here. Um, and on they offense, on, at tight end, um, they had three kids that was there. And they I thought three stars, two stars. They were like three stars. Yeah. Two, they weren't but just stars, even stars. the odds. So you have you have six guys on defense you have three guys on offense so I was like you know what I just have to beat three guys you know if I can learn how to do something you know my chances are better and so I started you know playing tight end and you know catching the ball and one thing I noticed was um, BYU loved blocking tight ends and so that whole spring and summer I went with the offensive line coach which was Roger French at the time every single day I I wanted to learn how to block because I knew if I could block, at least I would play on third down or the whatever blocking, it was, you know. Schemes. And so that's how I ended up playing tight end over here, you know. Um, but you know, the whole experience—I mean, it was—it was—it was almost surreal. Because I—I—I I didn't imagine the ending part of it, you yeah. know. I thought I was just going to come here and. You know, and like when you leave from back home, man, you know, the thing you got to understand, you know, Lai is, it's a tough place to live, but it's even tougher to leave. You know, because every time mm. you go to do anything, everybody's like, Sola, just, we'll, we'll see you when you come back. You know what I mean? You're yeah, going to yeah. always return, which is true, but, um, you know, I don't know how to explain it. And so I remember when I was leaving, they had like this, you know, everybody had a mixed thing. Everybody gathered. And I remember some of the boys just, you know, gave their, um, you know, their opinion, you know, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I took off and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go until the wheels fall off and hopefully yeah. it works out, you know. So, yeah, that's how I, how I ended up at BYU. Yeah. And then from BYU... Um, you were drafted into the NFL. Well, I wasn't drafted yet, so I could just tell tell this real quick story. Um, so I was training, right? 
training for the NFL. And um, I trained you. And so, I tra- can you tell that story? I, I just hold on. So yeah. I was training I'll for the NFL, NFL, and I'm getting ready. And there was one day I needed a quarterback. And so I go, you know, I ask everybody, hey, can you guys go? And at the time, nobody was able to go. And so Leroy is like, man, I can throw the ball. He's like, you sure? I go, man, I can throw the ball. I'm going to let him tell his story first. I'm going to tell tell you. This is the truth. Remember. And so I was like, okay, so we drive up to University of Utah. Their outdoor field that was up there. Back in the days, they only had outdoor. They had a turf field over there. And so I'm like, okay, Leroy, so I'm, you know, the draft is coming up. You know, I just need to catch some balls and whatever. And so he throws his first ball, kind of high. I was like, you know, oh my god! And so he's telling me, he's like, ah, I'm just warming up. Like nobody's business. I'm just warming up, and he throws, and I go, okay. All I'm running is an arrow route, five, out, is, five yard out, five yard out. So I'm just running a, a out. So it's, it's so simple. So I run the out. This guy throws the ball straight for my ankles, like the ball, and I almost break my ankle, like so low, and I almost. I was like, "What?" The but man? you know what the point was? Wait, wait, let me finish. So I was like, and he goes, "Oh no, man! Hey, let me warm up. Let me warm up. I said, okay, warm I up, warm that. up." Second time, the same thing on the other side. I almost, I almost ended my career because this guy didn't know how to throw a football. Why are you holding your mouth like that, Strauss? No, me, okay, so let me just tell you this. Let me just tell you this. I was under the. This is my philosophy. I went under the if influence. you can work through adversity, <laughs> anything is possible. So if you can catch a ball that hits your ankle off the top of that, you're an all pro. <laughs> so regardless <laughs> of whatever this guy says, oh my God. I'll put you in that the NFL. That is the truth. I'll put you in the NFL. That is exactly what happened. I was and like, I didn't man. need to warm up. I threw like 50 balls. What are you talking about? And this is another thing too. I'm right-handed. I'm right-handed. So who told him to run to the left side? I have to throw across my body. Like, but of course he did. But if you yeah, can catch that, that, that also, my, uh, if you can catch a ball that's too high, because if you're a baller, you learn to adjust. <laughs> you learn to adjust. And so we go forward. We pass forward to where, where are we at now? Yeah, now you drafted. Draft, 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 right? So don't tell this story, T. I, don't, going, don't, no, so, don't tell this story. So the draft, you know, it was it was cool because I thought after my senior year, I was done. You know, I, I had no intentions of going to the next level. One, I knew I was older now. and You graduated with your chances, degree. Yep, I graduated my degree. So I went to school. I came in 97. I graduated with my degree in 99. So What'd you get your degree years, in? Uh, sociology and a minor in special education. Check you out. And so. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you go on. Who spoke at your thesis for that? I mean, who spoke for your to your class about stuff? Can can you elaborate on that? Like, who who gave you an A? Who who helped you get your A in that class? Well, the thing is, I needed someone that could that tell could, good stories. Good stories. <laughs> I needed someone that could be a good story. Wow! The first person the that came team. to mind, I know, was Leroy. And so Leroy came and. But tell them who was it, in the crowd. Tell them who my audience was. White people like me, wrecking everybody. I mean, and and the whole crowd was just like, and they they I, they couldn't believe was that he was talking. It was about having two parents in the house versus one. Yeah, they're probably like, oh my gosh, we have a therapist. And the importance and the importance of having two family households versus single parent house. I still remember this to this day. And I can tell you, I could it's, be in a conference of people with billionaires in the meeting room and I will still make them cry. <laughs> anyway, so 
So the good story. story. <laughs> good story, really. That's exactly what I need. I said, I needed a good story. Yeah. Leroy was the first person to call. And let me just tell you guys T. this. T ain't the only one I had to talk it to at the university. One of the, A lot of the other boys asked me to do the same. And uh, they're all sitting here with degrees. So my name should be next to your degree. <laughs> No degree boys. No degree boys. No degree boys. Here we go. You know? um, and so, you know, like I didn't want, I didn't, there was no interest for me to go to the NFL. And I remember getting my first letter and it was from the Raiders. And to this day, I still have it. And I thought, man, this is so cool. And I didn't want to tell people because later on, I found out that every single person in America got that same letter. <laughs> and, but I thought it was so cool and I saved it and I was like, all the, the seniors, all the seniors. All the seniors. Every single senior in the whole country had it and I didn't know until later it's like, oh shoot, everybody got this letter. Sheesh. But anyway, so, Yo, laugh loud, guys. So they give me, hey. so I get my first letter and then I start getting some interest from other um, NFL teams. They call, um, I take a visit to the Tennessee Titans. They fly me out there and, you know, for me, because I never got recruited out of high school. Yeah. So it's kind of a cool recruiting trip. They pay yeah. for everything, put me up in a nice hotel, a fancy dinner. Um, and so, and then it was like, wow, sheesh, what if it happens? You know what I mean? That'd be so cool. And so, um, like everybody else, I kind of set up my draft day thing. And, you know, everybody's calling the house like, man, she just kind of, you know, you know, pressure's on, you know, stress and all that. And um, I get a call during the draft. I get a call in the fourth round from Tennessee. And they tell me they're going to take me at the next pick. And so I'm like, oh, shoot, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And what round again was that? Fourth round. No. Fourth round. And then um, they take another tight end. Do you remember who that is? Um, I know that the coach was Henshaw. But the tight end that they took, man, I... Um, I don't think it was the all pro guy, but anyways, yeah. so they take this other tight end and they call me right back and say, man, sorry, things didn't work out. We had to take this guy because he's a long snapper, but we're going to take you in the later rounds. So I'm like, man, is this how the draft works? Kind of goes like that. And then, um, and then I, I get a, you know, later on the rounds, um, another team calls, I think it was Cincinnati, and they're saying, you know, hey, we're working on trying to get get you in the sixth round or whatever. Then I get a phone call, and um, we look at the call, and you remember, there's no cell phone, so we get a phone call, and on our house phone, it has an Arizona area code. And the last, like, five picks is, you know, and, and Baltimore is the second to the last, and then Arizona Cardinals is the last pick. And um, and so I thought, oh, shoot, maybe it's Arizona. But I never talked to Arizona. And my mother-in-law answers the phone. My mother-in-law answers the phone, and she goes, hey, yeah, this is uh, so-and-so from the uh, Arizona Cardinals. We're going to pick your son in, you know, in the next pick, da-da-da-da-da-da. Hangs up the phone. Come to find out, it was Leroy. <laughs> you... <laughs> Yo, to my again, again to my defense, so, so, I forgot about that story. Yeah, so it was Leroy that called, defense. and he thought it was funny. And, and at the time, nobody you know remembered. But um, <laughs> and so, anyways, so then, and then the last pick comes right, and and by then I already commit that I'm going to go to Tennessee because I they flew me out free there. Agent. I wanted to go free agent. That's the team that I wanted to go to. 
and um, Arizona calls and he said, "Hey, this is um, I forgot who the GM was at the time." Said, um, "We're gonna take you, you know, the last pick of the draft. So, you know, turn your TV on, pay attention. We'll call you right back." And so me and my wife kind of sit there, and then the guy walks up and he's like, uh, "For the last pick of the draft." Mr. Irrelevant, we pick, and then... Couldn't pronounce your name. He looks down, and he looks up, and then he looks down again, and he looks up again, and I knew it, it was me, because I knew he couldn't say my name. And then they say, you know, Tibito Fangawe, blah, 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 we're we're coming to get you kind of thing. And at the time, I didn't know what the Mr. Irrelevant thing was was all about. And um, so... Um, and then everything, you know, now all the families come and Leroy walks in. My mother-in-law slaps him in the face. <laughs> Reverend walks in. You stupid. <laughs> you stupid out more. No, no, his mother-in-law is white. Yeah. Auntie Linda. Shout you out to Auntie Linda. stupid and, and so. Best um, fried rice. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, how the draft, the draft day happened. And and then. Um, hey, we had a good time. No. We had yeah. a good time. And then, the, and, and like within the next few hours, you know, Arizona calls and we get everything situated. And then um, the Saladas, who, the guy who, um, Paul Salada who passed away last year. Love that guy. Um, but Paul Salada's daughter, Mel, she calls me and she's like, hey, you're our first married Mr. Irrelevant. So we want to do something special. We want to fly you and your whole family. And I go, are you, you sure my, you know, I'm Polynesian, right? She goes, don't worry about it. We'll take care of everything. And so, you know, and because of that, um, there's a rule in my name, you know, it's called the Ofahengawe rule. And the rule states that you can only bring one guest because 2001 Mr. Irrelevant bought 62 people. <laughs> <laughs> yo, that right there is forever sealed yeah, your yo, legacy. Yo. But I ain't even laughing because because of my little prank, I didn't get invited. So there should have been sixty three, but it was only sixty two. <laughs> get y'all. But anyways, it was a great. It, it was. Yo, I'm telling you, this story has a lot more like yeah. side stories. But a lot of side that, stories. That, that, that's 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 the bulk of it, and it it was a great time for a lot of us because T was really one of those uh, neighborhood heroes because Mr. Relevant. A lot of us didn't know who it was. Nope. But when Ray, I mean when. Uh, What's it called? Your boy uh, Rice met him at the airport. Yep. You know, Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice came over there. I mean, yeah. they they literally shut the whole city down of Newport. I mean, Jerry Rice met me at the gate, limo service for all of my family everywhere we were going, and then parade. There's only been probably in the history of Disney. There's probably been a handful of times that they actually shut the park down. And one of them was when my family went over there. They shut everybody down and they bought all of the characters in the middle <laughs> to play with my kids. Like wow. every single character. It was it was cool. And they wanted to do it because pictures. I was the first kind of family guy, you know. Um and um and I still go back and do their events, you know, with the irrelevant week. Um two forty six. Two forty six. And the thing is, people gotta understand the the whole the reason why they call it Mr. Irrelevant was 30 years ago, they used to be 20-something rounds and like 800 draft picks. So the last guy, you know, they kind of run out of names. They just like, John uh, Smith, you just graduated from whatever, you know, yeah. junior college. And so Paul Salata at the time, him and his buddies from New Jersey, excuse me, they used to go... They used to just go down the phone book and 
call anybody and say, hey, we're going to go to Newport. We're going to fly you and your whole family. We're going to party. And then the NFL found out about it. Say, hey, let's do that. You know, and the whole thing is, you know, Mr. Irrelevant is do something good for no reason mm. to someone. You know what I mean? That's the kind of the whole yeah. uh, motto of it. And that was the whole thing of Mr. Irrelevant. And since then, there's been, and now there's only seven rounds. Um, there's been numerous Mr. Irrelevant that played in the, in the Super Bowl, in the Pro Bowl. Um, but, you know, for me, it wouldn't have it would it, it would the story wouldn't be the same if I wasn't Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I am. I, I'm I'm so irrelevant. I mean, it's you know, um, because I shouldn't have one. I shouldn't have made it out with my two kids. You know what I mean? Um, and then carry on to go to college, get my degree. Um, with that story alone, I feel like there should be a movie about T. You know. We've been hit up so many times by Disney. Just it's just the timing, you know. I'll what I mean? sue you it's, if you use somebody that's not good looking for my part. I'll sue you. Well, you know, my my wife always jokes around. I don't think it's funny, but my wife said, "Hey, if you, we do do a movie, I want The Rock to play me and have a lot of kissing scenes, and I'll just play myself." <laughs> Man, you know me. Yeah. I know, but, but you reverse you know, it and say, you know, I want. Uh, I wish leave that alone. I don't want no, to get trouble. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, if I do a movie, I, I want to play myself, and I want my wife to play herself and have a lot of kissing scenes. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good, Good story. story. <laughs> okay. So, with the opportunity to be Mister Irrelevant, has brought other opportunities, yep. and we know that. I mean, personally, because we, we know each other personally, we've known each other for a long time. But with now that you're in the situation that you're at, I see you helping a lot of kids, especially with what Trey was on. And they, they did a lot of great stuff with Level Up. And But let's talk about, because we had Fahu on, and I remember you guys were kind of the, the uh, what do you call it, the... The ground ground guys are the guys that, that started the Polynesian camps too with, you know, a lot of other big companies like All Poly. And I remember that first camp you guys had gifted. Uh, gifted we talked a little bit about what it was and Fahu he gave the, the meaning of the acronym gifted. But I remember that camp and I remember sitting in uh listening to you guys talk about we wanna have this free camp for these other kids and stuff like that. Now it's grown to where now you're doing level up. And uh at a recruiting standpoint, also, we, we skipped over that. After you graduated, you came back and you were the director of recruiting at BYU. And there was a lot of groundbreaking stuff that happened because Kalani became the first Tongan head coach. Mm -hmm. T was in the office with other Polynesian staffs never heard of at BYU. BYU also had their first black quarterback, you know, that was in there. So there was a lot of firsts. First, yeah, in what was going on. So tell me, what was your greatest accomplishment of being first that's something that you did first that's still today you know I can I, I can name five of them but I'm hoping that you you know you can think about something that you've done first that actually still hasn't been equal today well you know what I I, I mean you know, one one thing I, I don't like doing interviews because honestly it's not about me it's everybody else that helps the situation you know what I mean it's not um, me and so there's not anything that I do you know I'm just a reflection and this is what I hope and I I pray 
that um, I am a reflection of my dad. You know, my legacy will be that my dad would be happy that I've done good you know, to people. And one of my favorite guys that I go to every single time, because my dad doesn't speak very much, um, is Uncle Junior. You know, every single time I have anything, I always call him and I ask him because I think what he does for our community is what I, I that's what I want to do. You know what I mean? As far as um, being an example and just serving the people. You know, I think that's more important. It's not about me. It's not about anybody else. But I think us giving back to our people. And um, and I start to learn that, you know, I was just at the Masters, right? And 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 I was at the Masters Name last dropping. week. <laughs> okay, go ahead. As, but I was, I was, I, I had every single night, me and um, Tony's dad. Oh, Dropping oh, first, again. first name basis. Gillespie. Name dropping again. The Masters Golf Tournament. The Masters Golf Tournament. The Masters Golf Tournament. Tiger Woods. Which is the hardest ticket to get Just in drop everything. Name, name. But um, me and um, Tony's dad, Gillespie, mm-hmm. and we had so many hours of just sitting down and talking. And um, it's just so cool to hear him like, you know, he, he, I remember him saying like, D, how cool is this? We have one of our boys playing in the Masters. You know what I mean? And that's that the thing is. is weird. This is, and and I, I, after the first day, I go out and I look. It, it is absolutely correct. And there's there's only two Polynesians, three, or well, four because his Elena's there, but there's only four. I know, but this this is what I was getting at. First, you were able to experience first. We talked about Kalani. We talked about you being in the position you were at at BYU. We talked about Mr. Relevant. Has there been another Polynesian Mr. Relevant? Nope. No. Now we're talking about Tony of the Masters. And you're naming Tony, who's there's never been a Polynesian at that level at the Masters. Nope. So we're talking about, as you see a bunch of firsts, there's a lot more firsts that are about to happen with Polynesians. And I see that certain people at the forefront of what things are going to come about and how you're helping. Or not helping, you know, things things that are coming up, you know, that there's some there's some big time stuff. There's a DJ Wing of the Lake. You know, a lot of people he didn't have a very good year. I thought he had a great year. He has the potential to be like Tua Tungavailoa. And where I'm leading that is tell us the story about Marcus Mariota. And so, you know, with um Leave the door open. It, well Leave it open. I so we did a lot of this seven on seven stuff. Yeah. And um <laughs> Uh, the t- our team name was Team 808. Um, and the reason why we called it Team 808 was because, you know, I was from Hawaii. And I remember um, uh, Marcus's dad, Tor, he asked um, one of our guys, hey, I have, my son's a quarterback, but he's never, he's never started before, but I need to find a seven-on-seven team. You think he can play on you guys' team? I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, if if he's good and if, you know what I mean, if he doesn't mind sharing, and so I say, okay, yeah, he's, you know, here's my son. So he brings his son to the tournament and um, we play our first game and this guy's lighting everybody up. I mean, he's good and I can't believe why he's not playing. And so I start talking to these media guys, you know, Brandon Huffman um, and Greg Biggins, they were kind of the the main guys for this recruiting stuff. And I tell Hoffman, I'm like, hey, I got this kid and nobody's heard of him, but man, he can throw the rock. I mean, 
And, you know, Huffman's like, well, everybody can throw it. That's seven on seven. I said, well, this guy is special. So Huffman comes and watch him, and he throws a touchdown. He's like, yeah, everybody can throw a touchdown. So I go, okay. I line him up at wide receiver. And we bomb the ball. He catches the touchdown. He's like, oh, not bad, not bad. Then I put him on defense, and he has an interception. And then, you know, I, I don't think that, start, that started, but now – Everybody's wondering, like, man, who's this kid? And then they start kind of doing the history of what happened. And apparently he sat behind um, a quarterback that was there who waited his time. And so up until Marcus's senior year, that was the first time he actually played high school high school football. Wow. Yeah. St. Louis. That first game. And guess who the first game was against? Who? Kahoku. Kahoku. First game of the season. And so... Um, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that connection was just kind of by luck, right? And um, and then he goes and plays in an all-star game. Obviously, he ends up and wins the Heisman Trophy. But, man, so, what what a humble um, background that he has with his mom and dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's And that's the key. And that's what... That's what I was trying to, I was talking about was more of, I just, I just want people, I want to be the reflection of my dad. That's, I just don't want to embarrass him. That's why I serve so much people. That's why I give back or whatever I can um, because of that, that reason that, you know, my dad had worked so hard to come to America to give us the American dream. And so. So he told the story of Marcus Mariota. And uh, that's the first. Marcus Mario was the first Polynesian Heisman Trophy winner. Heisman Trophy. And he was the first Hawaiian and Samoan to ever win the awards. I, I don't remember what the name yeah. of the awards were. But then he was drafted in the first round. Great kid. And he was also Oregon's first Heisman Trophy. So really? he was... Yeah. Oh, that's cool. He only got one Heisman Trophy at at Oregon, and he was the first. And so there's a lot of firsts, and T's been at the forefront of a lot of those. So my whole point for him to tell these different firsts was, again, now you see kids that are at these different uh, elite camps, a lot of talent coming out from the Polynesian community and also around the country, not just Polynesian. Now, I want you to speak to, like, where do you see – because it kind of changes like some years California's got all the talent yeah. some years Texas has got all the talent where do you see the cluster of talent in the country now especially because you've been to all these different things already we're talking Polynesian talent we're talking about talent overall talent overall I think Utah's done such a good job with having the, the parents have done such a good job getting out there you know because um, you know uh, Zach Wilson's dad personally Mike yeah just yeah he, we went to high school together but he, he always teases me he's like oh this guy he never even said hi to me and then all of a sudden <laughs> my son won the stuff he's like oh classmate classmate like, <laughs> but right. to Mike's credit though nobody thought of Zach like that yeah nobody thought he was going to be the number two uh, pick only of the two draft. people believed that and that was Trey and Pulu and they kept bugging me about Trey those. I believe Pulu he's a bandwagon guy yeah, so that's I why those two that's why those two are every, you know that's, what I mean they get a lot of love the from one, the Wilsons. they believed in him before anybody but even like like Apu's gonna be a first round Apu's gonna be a first round and you're talking about Utah kids um Puka you know, Nakua. Puka. And this is another thing, too, that a lot of people sleep on is that Utah, they think that Utah don't have skilled guys. Puka being oh, a skilled man. guy. You know, oh, yeah. Utah's always been known for linemen, you yep. know, big bodies and stuff like that. So what about the talent coming out this weekend? So tell us a little bit. Oh. Level up Scott's 
a lot of teams coming out yep. this weekend at West Westlake High School. Well, they have their their tournament. Let, let me back up real quick. Let me just say. I'll something. let you know know when it's can, time to back can, up. Can I back up right now? <laughs> okay, I, go ahead. Back up right yes, now. Yes, you can. Beep, well, see, beep, the, you know, beep. The the hardest problem, and for Polynesians, is worse. We come from a humble <laughs> ba- background, right? Everybody. And so I heard this at a talk, and if you go to a Little League football game and you ask a Polynesian parent, say, hey, how's your son? He's like, ah, he, he's okay. Even though he scored five touchdowns, he made, like, all the <laughs> interceptions. He, he, you know, he threw the ball to himself, and he caught a touchdown. But, but they don't like to, to pump that. They, they don't, don't know like that's the world yeah. now. You and gotta, that, that is the world, and that's yeah. the hardest part that the Polynesian parents don't understand. And, and a lot of it now with with these kids that have these mental issues is they only want the approval of two people. They don't care about anybody else. They only want their mom and dad to just say, I only want your approval. Yeah. And so that's where the, the, the hard part is, you know, with the talent is if you go ask, um, Puka's mom, for an example, and you ask him, Hey, how's Puka doing? Like, ah, you know, he's, he's doing good. He's just working. Even though he is the man, you know, it's 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 not bad, but it's just our nature yeah. that we don't want to talk. We don't want to up hype up our kids. That's exactly what we were talking about with Trey and how the social media and all the different things, because the, the, the kids and I'll give you an example. My father in law, because we talked about him before when my son started getting a little exposure here and there, he said, oh, stop taking him to camps. Stop, you know, doing this because you're setting him up. He only needs, you know, how many offers does he need? You know what I mean? And he had a point. But he doesn't understand that the recruiting now is different from the recruiting when he was there. And he'll tell you the story of he came to two trips. Uh, came to BYU and Arizona. And he went to... Arizona State. Arizona State. But he went to BYU and they wanted him to play linebacker. He didn't want to do that because he's never played that. So he went, Frank Cush took him over there and he said, man... They fed me all this food. They gave me all this stuff. I'm going to sign right here, told my dad. But then he later found out, like, how T with his letter with the Raiders, all the schools do that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, from a kid that comes from the rock and uh, from humble beginnings, yeah. you know, I remember him telling stories that his favorite thing to do, because he was so homesick, but he knew that he couldn't come home because... He, he didn't want to be a failure to his parents because that was their hopes and their dreams. And so he would get packages of corned beef and, and taro. That was his favorite thing. So fast forward now, these things that parents need to understand is that either level up uh, slogan is either get exposure or get exposed. Yep. And leading up to these camps, you got to prepare yourself. You got to do the training. And a lot of the parents back in our day, they couldn't even afford to pay football fees, much rather extra training in the summertime. And so you see a lot of these fundraisers. And that's why these this team from Koku, they're coming here. I feel for them because that team comes from a community that they're 100% behind them, but they come from humble beginnings. And so they do the fundraisers. They, they, they uh, rely on the alumni to feed them when they come here. And so they came full strong. Actually, they're gonna, most of them are going to stay at my house this weekend, but I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, you find a place for them to sleep and they sleep on your floor and they come 10, 20 deep. And that's okay. You know, if they're just eating Saimingian rice at my house, that's what they're going to do. But to see where it means for them, like somebody that's come from the story like T, there's stories like that all over the place. But these kids 
look like us. You know, they, they see us. And so you want to help them to reach that. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because with the talent that you see here in Utah and the kids that made it, made it like two of them, they came from humble beginnings to a tongue of our Lord, them, um, Troy, Paulo, Malu, all these big time guys. Who's the next kid that you think, regardless of, of where they're stated in Polynesian, who do you think is going to be the next? In, Cause you're, you know, you see kids all over. Who do you think is the next big kid? Like the next big thing? Future Hall of Famer. Future. Because well, call we it right now. A, we just had an Outland Trophy Award winner. So, right. you know what I mean? That's, I'm talking about still in high school. We know Penae's yeah, on his way. Yeah. And, and that's a crazy thing we talked about in a previous podcast that 20 year old playing in the NFL where you got 19 year olds that are still in high school. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. tell us, I mean, you were talking about kids that are, you've seen at these tournaments that you've seen like balling out. I can, I mean, you, you really think, oh, I can't predict them, but I see some kids that have potential to be there. They got all the, the tools. They just need some refining. Yeah. I, I mean, there's so many kids that are out there. I mean, Zach Wilson's little brother is Isaac's Isaac. pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's he's really good. I think he's... Um, think he's going to go to BYU? Um, yeah, probably. Because he's got an Oregon offer. Got a Utah offer. Well, the thing is with BYU is they do such a good job with the family issue. And so that that's the hardest thing is people don't understand when you go um, to these places, you know, your family can't come every game. And that's such a hard thing, especially now for these kids. They they want the fa- family's more important than anything to any of these kids. No matter how bad they are, no matter how good they are, they know their backbone is their family. And so they'll go to these places. And um, I remember talking to Noah Tongiai. He was at Oregon State. And I remember talking to him one time, and I remember him saying, Man, I remember coming out at one game and my family didn't make it. Man, it felt so like, and it was probably, I think it was like the best game that he had. And he just felt like, man, I have nobody to celebrate with. You know what I mean? And so that that has a huge toll on these kids nowadays. And so they just, I think. I the, totally agree. The decisions have to be based off more of that because. Um, Do you feel yourself telling parents that more? I do. They need to be here because I not mean, here. They need to be. They need where to know their parents are at, where the where, family's at. Where the decision they make is one. You have to know that you're not going to make all the games, and even if the school promises you that they're going to pay for all your thing, you're not going to go to all the games. But even if you go, you still have. You know what I mean? I totally agree because you went to all the games. That. You went to all the games, but let me tell you this. He wanted your your wife there more than anything, and so that's the whole experience. Is that the kids want to see everybody? You know what I mean? And and, and, and really, that that touches on people don't understand that that messes with the kids' mind. You know, uh, the support. So sometimes you let kids go thinking they got it. They don't. You know, and so when you feel like my kids got everything that he's learned and we taught him all that he needs to to learn, yeah, that's not how it works that way. Back in the days, they used to because all of these kids, they, I mean, they never missed. I mean, homesickness is a real thing. Yeah, that's a real thing. And they haven't missed a meal. I mean, no matter what they say, they say, oh, I grew up with this. I was like, man, you haven't missed one meal. I mean, you've eaten all the three meals. I mean, you haven't really worked hard. You haven't really suffered. 
you know, as much as you think. But on top of that, that like you, you were saying with the Tony Ai boy, who are you celebrating with? You know, yep. your, your, your failures and your trials and your successes. And you're right. I used to be at my son's practices in Oregon. I used to be at his games and he wanted to see his mom because the games that his mom came, it was like, it was different. Like, you know, dad's dad, because he's the guy that's going to be this, but sometimes kids just need the nurturing, you know, yeah. that fathers can't, yeah. can't give, yeah. you know? And so that's a good point. And that's something that I think a lot of kids need to consider when they're in recruiting the parents, the need parents to, have they to. need to consider that. And even after, I mean, you got to still consider after you're done playing, where are you going to live? You know what I mean? You know, a lot of players that have played from Utah, they've gone out and played at different universities. When they return to Utah, there's only BYU and Utah. You know, all of these businesses that are owned, they're from BYU or Utah. And if you played in Oregon or whatever college that you played in, you're just going to live there. You just, you, yeah, no one lives in Eugene. Yeah. I mean, and so, <laughs> you, you know, that's the kind of the things that the parents have to think about. It's like, okay, after I'm done, where is my son going to, you know, most, you know, his potential is going to be after football because the football is going to eventually end. And I think that's, that, that's one of the biggest factors. Um, but when even I, when I was at about, BYU, yeah. that was the biggest thing that I used was like, hey, you're from Utah. You come, to, you stay in school, whether it's here or whether it's at University of Utah, you're going to be the man over here. After you think, you're done, everybody's going to. Do, do you think that uh, the BYU and the Utah teams, Utah State, will be powerhouses if the local talent stayed home? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think BYU would mm-hmm. win, would be in contention of the national championship if local kids would stay home, local LDS kids. That's the, the, the key for me was the local BYU LDS kids, that's the easy kids. I mean, we just have to go sell the church and do whatever it is. And most of the parents- Not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. But I'm saying, but the kids that are LDS that are not from Utah, those are the kids that need to be at BYU. And so in order for them to compete, especially going into the Big 12. I mean, but to your point earlier, T, even T, um, in, in the, what he does in line of work, Truman is a BYU alum, you know? Yeah. So even the, the businesses, so what he says, like, I mean, I know that's true because there's a lot of businesses that wish they wake up with the NILs. But, you know, there's a lot of, a lot that, of businesses that's, that's, that are that's coming the main, about. The, the, hard, the hardest thing is there's got to be a, a, a connection to these so-called business owners. And BYU has control of majority of it which these business owners got to understand that, hey, you don't have to, you, you can call whoever's dad and just say, hey, we want to do something. That's what everybody else is doing. Everybody yeah. in the country, Alabama, and everybody's T, doing the same I think thing. that's the biggest difference now with this landscape in recruiting is having the NIO deals in place to go after these big market players going yep. into the Big 12. Yes. If we don't do, if BYU doesn't do, do that, they're, we're going to be left behind. Yeah. And that's Do the, you agree? Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> and the thing is they have to understand that is we, we got to be competitive. And it's not about being doing illegal stuff or anything like that. It's more of everybody it's else. Not is, illegal. Yeah, it's not illegal. I know it's not. But I think all of the, the businesses, they don't understand. They still don't understand. Like they can really just get you whatever you want. Because I, even like that, the Nico kid, the collective, BYU has... Ryan Smith, 
Todd Peterson. We got big name guys that you know could easily have that. And yes, we have their numbers to call. But the thing is, they got to understand how's it benefit them. And their BYU. Ryan Smith is a BYU alum. You know, well, how it how it benefits them is it's a tax write off. Yeah, and they shouldn't. So, there's no doubt about it. The problem is just co- putting that connection together. There's no one that puts the connection together. Kingsley as a nonprofit, just to let you guys know. But anyways, as we're moving along, we as part of the recruiting, the NIL has to be part of that recruiting. And I know BYU because there's some rules that they can't talk about as far as the staff. But as of a BYU alum that has connections in the BYU. Uh, business space do you find it hard for them to see how it benefits the business to sign nils i don't think it's hard but they make it hard because it's not hard it's you know you know there's deals that's going on right now and you just have to kingsley just has to say hi (laughs) you know what i mean anyways as we're moving on we'll get to that but sometimes but but to answer that question like it they make it like it's hard, but it really isn't hard right. because there's no. But I'm, I'm not talking about. I'm, I'm talking about in general. So, let's play case scenario. A family comes to you and they say, "My son wants to come to BYU, but this other school is offering this NIL deal." I don't think anything's wrong with them saying that. Yeah, no, it's not. No, it's happening. So, yeah, yeah because it, it happens. Yeah. Now, we're talking to you. Like, what should my son do if this school? is offering this and BYU is offering nothing. Now, I don't believe that BYU offered nothing, but I'm saying, because I'm just saying BYU, not BYU is a school I'm talking about as a collective. What are you going to tell that family? How would you, how would you approach that family and say, look, this is this and this is that. This is the difference between BYU and another school that's offering that. You talking well, about University of Utah? Oh, never mind. <laughs> well, the, the, the truth the truth is, is that nothing is free. Nothing in the world is free. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to give you a million dollars right now to be at University of Georgia State or whatever it is. You're going to come here. I give you a million dollars. Trust me, that million dollars is going to come back somehow. They're going to figure out how whether you make it to the NFL, you pay it back or whatever it is. And with BYU is there's no offer of we're going to give you money, but we're going to give you opportunities to be turned that million dollars that you would have made here into a billion dollars because the network that we're going to put you with is way beyond the million dollars that you get. And we shall see. <laughs> and we shall see. All but right. That, I mean, you asked me, that's that's what I would say. I, I would say, okay, yeah. I know. Because it's cool. I, I already know what you were going to say. I was just saying, so you can say it to the public. What they're looking at, because there has to be some comparison with it. Well, with the, I, Leroy, what the bottom line is, BYU and Utah need to get on board. They do. Because here's the thing. They're so behind. Yeah. And this is me personally talking. I don't think Utah is. Oh, yeah. They're behind. Oh, they you way think behind. So? They're yeah. behind, bro. They, they're behind. They're not. Um, Let's ask Keaton. He works for Encore. <laughs> Keaton? He doesn't have a mic. No comment. See, okay. Keaton has no comment. <laughs> That's a good answer. Here, here's, a, <laughs> he works here, here's a scenario. Um, now you got some of these big recruiting sites. This is where I was leading at. You got big recruiting sites where they used to have you're nationally ranked because of position, uh, because of who you are in the state. So you could be number one in the state, number four in the country. Now they have a valued what you value at NILs. Mm. And so now, now they're starting to to take this recruiting thing further. Now, well, the reason why this is important, what I feel, is that when a kid is more marketable, 
the school wants you. If you're more marketable, they can put your face to represent the school. If you're a great, charismatic kid that can talk, good-looking, you play a high-profile sports. If you're, you're QB one, you know the QBs are always going to. Caleb Williams is a perfect example. He'll yeah. come from Oklahoma and he makes millions when he comes to USC, big market with LA. Pro Bowl it will never be the LA market, never. But if you have a kid that comes here, that's an LDS kid, Utah Valley kid, a kid that goes to BYU, a kid that's who the face of the program is, which I really don't know. I have my own opinion what the face of BYU could be. I'm selling this to the parent as, look, like you said, let's talk about long term. He may not get the million dollars now. He may get 100000 But in the long run, Utah is going to be his home. And on top of that, after the NFL, which is not for long, you're going to come back and go where? Where is he going to work? He probably wants to live here, you know, get a job at Qualtrics. I mean, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's how I would sell it. And that's, that's how I, I would be able to explain it to a parent that, cause I have, I've had parents come up to me that have, their kids getting recruited here and say, what did Kingsley get? What does Kingsley got? What did you guys get? You know what I mean? I have to take a role and say, I don't know what we're, maybe it's, it's about to happen. If my son does what he's going to do on the field, like we think we, he is, he'll be fine. But the parents got to understand that if you come into a situation like, say, your kid's a quarterback, he ain't going to play here for two years because Jaron is on that mic. So you you have to be specific and honest with them, which leads me to the story of Dax Mill. Trey Wood barking about him coming out of high school and nobody believed in him. He was a walk on at BYU. Now he's in the leagues. You know what I mean? So for you to see, that's what my whole point is. You see a lot of these kids that could be the next Dax Mill or the next Tyler Algier. You know what I mean? Next Apu. Apu was highly recruited. So we're not talking about those guys. We're talking about that diamond in the rough that people aren't seeing. And I I like the, I like the Carvalho kid from Coco. People say he's small. People say he's it, but I think he's a baller. Man, he is a No, he's a running back. Running back, wide receiver. I mean, he's five, 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 six. I mean, he's probably even shorter than that. He's, I mean, it's it's hard to compare him to someone who's already done in the NFL. But see, that's the thing is you, man, Reggie Bush won the Heisman. You, you, you don't say, okay, this high school kid could be like the Heisman trophy. But this is a thing. The feature game, they play St. John Bosco this year. They he play, is that kind of player. If he does good against St. John Bosco, he's going to turn a lot of heads because that's yeah. their first game. Coco plays St. John Bosco this year, and I'm excited for that game. At, at St. John Bosco. He, he they is. Coming. Damn. Yeah. He is like that. I mean, he is. I mean, I. Because I, he, he said Isaac, um, Zach's little brother. But I'm telling you. But I remember Kai Kai, Isaac's little brother, he's only going to be a junior. So he's got right. two more years in high school. Right. But. I just see his potential. Um, he could be the next big QB one. I like I like Spencer Fonnell. You know, I yeah. like Spencer. Spencer, but those are the guys that already. I mean, I Spencer is. Already, yeah. You know, everybody knows Spencer. Okay, it, well, let's talk about because Kai Kai has two offers. Kai Kai, remember he played on my seven on seven team in LA, and he. I mean, there was kids. There was kids that came there just to watch him, and they were standing on the sideline videoing him, and. Uh, you know, I, I, me, I was coaching, and I looked on the system. Man, what, what are you doing on the sidelines? He's like, oh, I just came to video. Kai Kai was like, what? He goes, yeah. I watch him on, you know, his thing, but he is, he is. 
pretty and, good. And he's here he this good. this weekend. They're going to be at, yep. at the level up thing at Westlake. So let's before we close, let's 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 talk about what time that is. What date? It's on Saturday. It's Friday, Saturday at Westlake High School. What times? Um, it starts. The first game's at three o'clock. Um, and so there'll be food. There'll How many be, teams? There is a total of 52 teams. 52 teams. Yeah. And that's, wow. that's a group. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah. big deal. The number one team in the country, who I think it is, um, is here. And they um, placed they in from? Pylon. Yeah. So right after this tournament, they head to Vegas. Yeah. And so yeah. The, this circuit this is of, kind of, the of recruit. Yeah. And, you know, our, we've, we've played so far, we've played in eight seven on sevens already. And it's, it's, one, it's every only April week, and it's only April. Like yeah. we have one next week. We go to Arizona for the Shock Doctor because I, mean, I, I just had well the North Chapter boys. I mean, you got to plug them in now. You, you can't wait for the last minute because these things are in. So they're calling me to get people guys in. I, you know, but and you know a lot of coaches and I know this came out before that a lot of coaches they came out and said, hey, we don't watch seven on sevens. It's not real football, and I and I agree, it's not real football. But if they can explain to me how these kids from Hawaii got all these offers that Hawaii did not play from 2019 to 2021, two years of not playing, and they got all these offers, how did they get it? The only thing they were playing was seven on seven. The NFL is seven on seven. What was that? <laughs> but but you, they playing like you know like Patrick yeah. Mahomes and but you like, know what I mean like like how and, that, and <laughs> I'm not saying that the coaches are just saying but. You know, I think the message that the the college coaches are saying is, you know, it's not real football, which it really isn't real football because the timing and everything. But it was it was better for them to do something football than to not do any kind yeah. of football. Well, and just I, go train. I, 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 I disagree with that not being real football, football because they still run routes. The quarterback still throws. The skill guys are still doing the same things that they would do. But what I don't think is real football and I'm going to hurt a lot of people's feelings, is that lineman stuff. Because when the lineman doesn't have uh, play, uh, pads, it's a disadvantage to the old lineman. Yeah. The D lineman, that's great. So I'm speaking as a dad from an old lineman. That stuff doesn't work. Yeah. And well, so if you want to talk about 7-on-7 seven seven not being real football, those old lineman camps yeah, not working well, for the, me. The key to going to these camps is you have to have film. Don't waste your time going to these camps. If there's no film on it, no one really cares. I mean, you can go there and say, oh, man, I was the MVP for the stuff. Like, like, what did you do? Did you, like, you know? And so I would advise parents that if they go to any of these camps, man, you have to go sp- take your time. Don't stand on the side and talk to your homeboy that you haven't seen for whatever. Go video your yeah. son every single play because that's, that's what sells. Back like, in the day, people just used to make fun of me because I, didn't even, I wasn't even supposed to be on the field. Yeah, I would just I walk do. on the field. I mean, I'm talking about rivals camps. I'm talking about they're like, who is this guy? I would yeah. go right down there. Yeah. But sometimes... You just got to be the take the initiative. Now they have security that you can't come on the on the sideline. So just call Maury Suisua. Everybody out there, call Maury Suisua. He'll get you on the field. So let's. I guess we're going to wrap this up. But I wanted to just in closing thank T. I've known T for yeah. a long time. I really want to punch his face across his field. This thing, let T give a plug out to us. No, no, fish, no, no. We will. Recover. But I wanted to before we finish. I want to just t- talk to you. Just touch on because next week we got Fred Frost and T and I have some really uh, strong opinions about the cultures and how they. I'm not even going to say it, but we're going to talk about the tattoo. What is the tongue is called? Tattoo. It's called the tattoo. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Remember, okay. you guys actually got your language from us. Here we go. 
Here we <laughs> go. I just had to throw that in. No, but you know, not want to throw you out. Is what you to throw <laughs> it in and throw that, you out. That's the. That's the. I mean, in closing, I just want parents and kids to know that if you go to any camps, if you go to all these things, get be prepared film. and get film. Gotta if get it's it. not filmed, and that's the good thing about my... Because film don't lie. About Level Up is every single rep is recorded. And they do a lot of one-on-ones. Like, I think they did like an hour, hour and a half. One, yeah, one-on-ones. And every rep is recorded, and then the kids have full access to go on Huddle and just make their own highlight. Yeah, that's yeah. the difference. And I'm not saying it because he's my son, but I said, man, that's the coolest thing. Like, he has a cameraman, and every single like that's cool yeah and even the ones that you don't do good they still film on yeah them. yeah like Kingsley did a, a camp for Nike when they used to have the Nike open in Miami I gave Trey like maybe 40 seconds he put it out like the next day yeah. and we were able to and this is when Twitter was new I mean Twitter's always been around for a little bit but I'm talking about using social media as a recruiting tool because when the pandemic hit everybody had to use social media but we were already top of the game Level Up had everything already filmed from like when Kingsley was like eighth grade all the way up. Yeah. So when the pandemic hit and you didn't do a, a Level Up film, you had to go look through the huddles. And no coach is going to type in your name and go look at huddle mm-hmm. versus already something streaming on Twitter for like 30 seconds. That's where they're looking. That's where you're going to see 10,000 views. That's 100,000. Like if you get a Level Up, I seen the Level Up film that he put out in like two hours that had like 6,000 views of somebody. You ain't going to go to a camp and get 6,000 eyes on you. That was, you know what um, I mean? Uh, Akana. Tausili. Tausili playing running back. But in two hours, that thing got 6,000 views. And so I'm I'm just telling families out there, even if your son is, if you think he's too young, man, get on Twitter. Twitter is not um, mandated by the NCAA. So, Facebook and all those things, they can't DM you, they can't do those things. But Twitter, you can actually have access to them at any age. You know, they'll just DM you on Twitter and say, hey, call me back. And it's not dead period now for all those parents that want to, so all the kids that are coming to Utah, you can still go to BYU and visit them. Coaches may not be there at BYU, but you can see the campus, there might be some staff there. All of the teams we have set up, um, Trey them have set up for BYU and Utah for this weekend. And T's so brought even his little league. But, yeah. but T's even yeah. brought his little kids out, his 10, 12-year-olds. He brought yeah. them to watch practice, like a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And I think I think more than anything, because I think everybody's going to go to these schools and go, um, oh, I'm going to get an offer from BYU. But parents got to understand, man, the experience. The exposure. Man, you, you, you can't. Pay for those things. What it you does know what I mean? The, the, the confidence. And to watch practice. Man, we're going to have to sign my son's team up, man. We got to get what, on the circuit. How old is your son? <laughs> how old is your son? They want to come watch some practice. How old is your son? Yeah, get him on. Hold Ten. On. Ten? Do you play quarterback? No. Man, I need a quarterback. If there's any quarterbacks. There are 10-year-olds? I need a 12 year Matt's son. They have their own team. They have their own, yeah. Mm. Actually, we probably have some in Eagle Mountain, man. There's a lot of hidden talents over there. I need to open up a quarterback Eagle. clinic. Because I put fools in the NFL. You, you know what I'm saying? An- hit them in the ankles. Hey, but if you can catch in the ankles, you see what, let's listen to this. You see Stephon Marbury, I mean, Steph Curry. Stephon Marbury, the basketball player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by, by, by another basketball player, Steph Curry. You see him getting pushed, and he does that in the workout. He pushed, jumping off, shooting mm-hmm. off one foot. That's what I was doing to T 20 years ago. No, no, no. Steph Curry shot a thousand baskets in the morning on one and foot. in the evening on one foot falling on backwards feet. all different awkward things if you could catch off T you would still be in the NFL right now if you could catch that ball I know dang 
Anyways. And then, and then I wouldn't be Mr. Irrelevant. That's what makes it so cool. But I'm you saying I mean? you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's cue it up, Keith. Thank you very much, Teal fan. Hold on. Shout out to uh, Savage Fish for bringing us the best fish. Yeah. And you guys yeah, are located man. in Orem. They got a they new location. Yeah, come in a new location new right location next to Joe's out. Cafe, right yep. next door. On State Street. We See you next week. Yeah. Thanks, T, for coming out. Thanks, T. And Thank Fred you. Frost next week coming out. Yes, Fred sir. Frost. Thank you. Boom, bang. <laughs> I really like flash